today the title is Removing the Veil. And we're going to look at a section of scripture. If you've got your Bibles, feel free to open your Bible up uh, to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 3, verses 12 through to 18. I'm going to read it to you. And it goes like this. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face to keep the Israelites from gazing at it while the radiance was fading away. But their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed, because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom." And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Hallelujah. What a beautiful passage in Scripture. And today I'm going to um, share to start off with a little bit in theme with Pastor Lloyd. We know he loves Facebook. Yes. Well, I don't have Facebook, but I have Pinterest. Does anyone here have Pinterest? Anyone got a pin? Oh, a few very eager hands. Yeah, we generally love it once we use it. For those who haven't, because a bunch of you don't, uh, didn't put your hand up, this is the definition in Webster's Dictionary. Pinterest is defined as a visual discovery tool that people use to collect ideas for their different projects and interests. So basically what you do is you go on and you see a bunch of beautiful pictures of homes, of, of cooking, and you pin it. And it gives you great inspiration that maybe one day I'll create something that looks like that. What it does to me sometimes though, as much as social media does, is leave us feeling a little bit less than, a little bit like we don't measure up because the photos there are the best. They've got the right lighting. They've never been rained out on a holiday of any family vacation. You've got the best hair day going on always and the best cake that isn't even slightly burnt. And it leaves us feeling like, you know what? Why is my cake always burnt? must be the oven. But actually, this feeling is not just mine. I realise a lot of people have that. And so a new website was also created called Pinterest Fails. Now, this is where it gets really good. What it is, is people who have taken a picture from Pinterest, got an inspiration and decided, you know what, I'm going to try that. Then they report back on Pinterest fail how it went. So I've put a, I've got a couple of pictures here and I'm going to show you a little bit around Pinterest fails. Have we got the first? Okay. Look at this. This is a nice one. Rainbow pancakes. The lady writes, I chose this recipe because who doesn't love pancakes, especially when they look this yummy and delicious. Then, what happens? Oh, <laughs> next time she writes, I don't think I'll ever try these again. Next slide, USA. This is what the lady wrote. We had some friends over for a 4th of July party and thought it would be an awesome idea to write out USA with sparklers like I'd seen so beautifully done on Pinterest. To say it was a fail would be an understatement. And this is what happened. I would need to, she says, I would need to get all my friends on board with writing letters backwards so it doesn't say U20 
And also, I'll need to try it again when it's not so light. It sort of loses the appeal when you can see my blurry friends. And the last one I wanted to show you to give you an idea how cute. Kisses on baby, this one's called. The lady writes in, I wanted to take a picture of kisses on my baby. And so I did. Mm. (laughs) She writes in, my baby didn't like this idea so much. What I was wanting to illustrate through Pinterest fails is that Pinterest fails is actually more our life. But we try and go around like Pinterest with this veil on, like we've just heard in the Bible, this veil of everything is terrific, there is nothing wrong with me. And what we do then is we end up living double lives. We live one life on the outside and another life behind closed doors. And there's a lot of pressure on Christians to have it all together. Yet living a Christian life isn't easy. If it were, then the Bible would not have to tell us how to do it. There's the tension of being in the world and yet not of it. And we often have the mindset of Christians that anything we, we struggle with, then we mustn't have enough faith or we haven't prayed enough. We place upon ourselves a need to have perfect marriages, perfect children, perfect homes, and yet we can't achieve that. And so we live this double life. But when non-believers are asked why they don't believe in God, do you know what the most common reason is? They say because there's too many hypocrites in the church. So it's so important as Christians that we make a stand to be authentic and that we remove the veil and start living that authentic life. One of the biggest reasons people don't take off their veils is that we're afraid that people will find out what we're really like. They're afraid that we see our weaknesses and our failures and that we will be rejected. Most of us have grown up on a treadmill of trying to people please, pleasing others, being this way to one person and that way to another person. And it leaves us exhausted and so over being in community with others. I know about a lady who was uh, became a Christian and she got a new job. So she lived a very Christian life. She went to church at the weekend. She loved the Lord, did her Bible studies in the morning, but she would go to work and be what they thought, what she thought they wanted her to be. She did this week in, week out. And after a very short period, she actually quit her job. She couldn't do it any longer. And you know what? When she told me that story, I felt sad for her because I thought, you know what? You've missed an opportunity to actually witness and to bring Jesus into your workplace. And if we're not living that way, we can really miss that. We all need to be loved. And people usually love us based on our performance. So we learn this from a young age, that if we do what others want us to do, we'll be accepted. And if we don't do what others want us to, to do, we'll be rejected. But you know what? That is human love. God's love is not based on man's performance, but it's based on the truth that he loves you and accepts you because he chose to. Nothing else. Nothing we say or do can make a difference. Statistics show us that 10% of people will simply not like us. So for those who are constantly trying, sorry, 10% aren't going to before they even know you. Even Jesus, he was perfect, he never sinned, yet so many people didn't like him and even hated him for what he stood for. Be kind and gracious and loving to others, 
but don't hold yourself responsible for how they feel about you. You'll enjoy your relationships so much more by being authentic. Sometimes we wear a veil because we've been so badly hurt. And oftentimes this can be because we've been hurt in church. Maybe you've been treated poorly in the past. Maybe you've been overlooked or let down and so your veil automatically goes on. Being hurt by other Christians is the number one reason why people leave the church. The enemy would love that. He'd love us to all be staying at home and not gathering together. Yet in Hebrews 10.25, the word of God tells us, do not give up meeting together, but encourage one another. I am sure if I spoke to you, each around the room would each have a story of how somebody has hurt us, how they have let us down, how we got our feelings hurt. But I tell you what, the worst thing we can do is put our veils on, put the walls up and not be in community any longer. Together we are better. That's my little catchphrase at work and everybody's probably over it. But every time I ask them to help me, I say together we are better. And it is true though. Um, And so I want to encourage you, keep coming. People at home, if you're watching by TV and you've been hurt, can I encourage you to come back into community? It is so, so important. I'm a counsellor in the work I do. And often I tell clients who have been hurt, who are feeling rejected, who won't come back to church, And I say, you know what, we've got to have thicker skin. So can I encourage you, get thicker skin, because this walk isn't easy, but God will never, ever leave us. We need to remind ourselves that our identity is in Christ and continue to focus on Him. I'm not suggesting that you let yourself be abused, but I'm just suggesting you stand up strong, you know your purpose, and you keep moving forward. We have too much life to live. Through all the counselling work I've done, I've learnt that that wearing of the veil actually is part of rejection. The root is rejection. But can I tell you that that rejection is a lie. God hasn't rejected us and he won't ever. He looks for a perfect heart, not perfect performance. Can you just tell that to the person beside you? God looks for a perfect heart, not a perfect performance. We won't impress God with our work. A lot of people think and tell me that they think that God won't use them until they get their life right. But can I tell you that keeps us from being powerfully used by God. We get so used to wearing a veil that we don't even notice it's on. But other people do. What happens? This is my veil. What happens if I put this on? I can't see. I get lost. I don't have any more vision. And oftentimes when we have this veil on, it prevents our vision. It stops us from being able to see beyond our noses. I'm going to ask you something. What have you stopped believing for that your veil has stopped you from seeing? Maybe it's for a salvation of a loved one. Maybe it's a dream to change careers. Maybe it's for a great marriage. Can I tell you, with a veil on, it's too hard to see. Proverbs 29, 18 says that where there is no vision, the people perish. It's a scripture I hold dearly to my heart because I always want to have a greater vision than what I myself am capable of. Not because of who I am, but because of who my God is. 
When the veil is removed, we can see again. It restores our hope. It ignites our passion. It gives us bounce in our step. And it encourages others around us to do the same. Don't have a small vision for your life. You're not inconveniencing God by believing big. In fact, it's quite the opposite. When you take the limit off God, it's unbelievable what he can do with your life. Start believing today for that miracle. For people in this room and who are watching and you've had a dream die, can I encourage you to get a new dream? Get a God-sized dream and expect God to turn up in that. Sometimes we've hidden something about ourselves and we need to keep a veil on to stop it from coming out. I did this from a very young age. I was actually born an organiser and a manager. So as a child, that didn't necessarily serve me well. I would manage my friends into groups based on height or the colour of the dress they had on that day. I would organise my brothers, um, which they didn't like. And also in school, I would often speak to my teachers afterwards if I thought the class could be run better. (laughs) That didn't go down so well. So by the time I reached high school, I started to put a veil on and I started to live a very frustrated life because I could see these areas where there needed to be an improvement but didn't say anything about it. It wasn't until I hit the workforce that actually this gift of mine could come out and I was positioned as a global manager for change for a big American telecommunication company. Man, I loved that role. I could organise things till the cows came home. And I realised then that was how God's created me to be. I'm not going to veil it anymore. I'm not going to hide it. I was so depleted from all those years of being called bossy that I had decided never ever to let that come out. But praise God that it did. And you know what? I've come to enjoy it, not in a prideful way, but in a way that I'm using the gifts that God has given me. What are your gifts and talents and strengths? What have you got? Maybe there's something about yourself that you've buried that you don't like, but God doesn't make any mistakes. Everything he does is on purpose, and so what he's given you, there's a purpose to. As we minister and move forward as a body of believers in this community, We're going to need all of those gifts and talents. We're going to need those to take new ground. We're going to need those to come against the enemy's schemes. And we're going to need those to bring Jesus to others. If you're watching by TV as well, it's no coincidence that you're in the community that you're in, the family that you're in, and the workplace you're in. God has positioned you there for a time such as this, a time of influence, and God wants you to use your gifts and talents to increase his kingdom. Let's take the veil off. Let's get real. Let's love ourselves and one another. I started with some scripture, and I wanted to just break it down as we finish up. If we go back to 2 Corinthians 3, 12 to 18, Verses 12 and 13 say that, Therefore, since we have such hope, we are very bold. Oh, I love it. We are not like Moses who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. Paul says we aren't like Moses. We don't wear a veil. We have Jesus. We are bold. We have hope. Amen? We're free to be ourselves. Be 
free to confess your love of Jesus. I got saved in Singapore and everybody there, you know their faith, you know if they're Muslim, you know if they're Christian, you know if they're Buddhist, nobody's embarrassed or ashamed. And we ought be that same way. And I love that our church is called New Hope. We have great hope in Jesus. Paul goes on to say in verse 14 and 15 that we can get so stuck in our past that we miss out on what God has right now for us. They looked to the past. The past can become a veil. People say in the good old days and want a romance in it. Maybe God's moved you out of a previous church and he's got you here in a young church which can, which can sometimes be very dynamic and hectic. Maybe he has... Um, Maybe you prefer hymns and, and older songs. Maybe he's moved you into a new town for work. I'm not sure what it is, but I do know that this connection to the previous glory days stops you from seeing the blessing and the goodness that God has in your life right now. Let's be people in this church that live in the now, not looking back or burying our head in the sand when difficult issues come our way. We need to deal with real issues in this community. And verse 16 is the real key, and I love this, on how to remove the veil. And the best thing is, it's not about us, it's all about him. It says here, when anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Amen. If you have had a revelation today that you've been living a veiled life, can I tell you, you don't need to figure it out. Turn to him, spend time in his word, and his presence, and he will remove the veil so beautifully for you. Paul goes on to tell us in verse 17 that the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Do you feel free today? No judgment, none at all, just between yourself and God. If not, ask yourself why. Is it because, as I mentioned, you might be ticking boxes, trying to please others, or maybe even just going through the motions. Three years ago, I'd been into my walk for seven years by this point, and I was burnt out and really not loving life. I was at church one Sabbath morning, and God spoke into my spirit so clearly through a picture, and it was a picture of me on my knees, bent forward, and it was of seven years previous when I'd given my heart to him. He took me right back to that and I remembered, Jesus, I came to you without anything to give you. I came totally empty and just asked for you to fill me. But here I am ticking boxes, trying to please you, trying to please others. And all I'm doing is getting burnt out, frustrated and quite over it. And it was at that moment I got back on my knees again. I repented. I asked the Lord to come back into my heart to give me a freshness. And I tell you what, for the last three years, I've been living in such a freedom I didn't even know was possible. All that religious thinking, all that um, better than and, and, yeah, I've got to do this and that has been lifted from me. Jesus tells us that his burden is light and his yoke is easy. And lastly, where does it all come from? In verse 18, it says here, it comes from the Lord. Not our performance or our lists or our keeping everyone happy. It all comes from him. In closing church, I believe a time none other than this, God is calling us to be transparent and authentic. Paul says when anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Because we've seen Jesus 
and we know his love and power, we can live without a veil. And I'm giving you permission to do that today, to leave without a veil, to be authentic. And it can be uncomfortable at times, but just go with it because you're created in his image and his likeness. He makes no mistakes and he doesn't make junk. I believe that some of you have had a revelation about that veiled life today. And it's become heavy for you and worn you down like it did to me three years ago. You want to step into the freedom. And I believe many of you here have been hurt by rejection and it's stopping you from your full potential of God. And many people at home, I believe that you might be experiencing that as well. And I just really want to pray for you this morning. So I'd love everybody here and at, and at home as well to just bow your heads and just have a moment. God tells us, come to him, all who, are lab- who, are, who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. If that's you, I'm going to pray for you. And just with all heads bowed and eyes closed, would you just raise your hands if you're in the room here, just so I know who I'm praying for. If, if you really want that veil taken off, if you want to um, have hurt lifted from the rejection, thank you, I see the hands, beautiful, you can put them down. Anyone else? Fantastic. Thank you so much. Just so I know who I'm praying for, thank you. Let's pray. Lord, our great King, our Saviour, we turn our eyes to you. You see the hearts of your people here and who are watching by TV. Lord, and you see that they want to live an unveiled life. I thank you for those people who were bold enough to put their hands up. And I also pray for those who maybe didn't, but you see their hearts, Lord, and you know exactly what where they're at. Lord, I pray for great courage, that we would be people who would live authentic lives, that next time we go to say yes, when we really know it should be no, that you would help us, Lord, and step in in that moment. Lord Jesus, I pray for those people who have been rejected and are suffering, Lord, and in pain. Would you place your loving healing balm upon those wounds so that they could be all that you have created them to be? You are so wonderful, Lord God. You are slow to anger and rich in love. I thank you so much for this opportunity to be your your children and to gather as a group of people who love you and love one another. And I pray this in the most precious name of Jesus. Amen. I'd just also like to take a moment to... Consider your heart condition and where you're at with the Lord. Maybe you once followed the Lord and now your heart's grown cold. Maybe like the we've been talking about the rejection and the hurt has been so real that you haven't been able to let God in. Can I tell you that he is there, he is ready, he is knocking at the door and he wants to come in and give you a brand new start. It is never too late. You may have walked with him for a number of years or you may never have walked with him. But he's always calling us into a loving relationship. And so if that's you, I'm going to pray for you as well because I believe that today is the day of salvation. And I believe that on his Sabbath, what a glorious thing to be able to do is give your heart to the Lord and start a a brand new start. doesn't matter what you've done. It's all about him. It's got nothing to do with us. So if you just close your eyes one more time just as we're finishing up, and just consider your heart condition and and where you're at with the Lord. And if you'd be so bold when I ask, just to raise your hand so I do know who I'm praying for, 
then I'd love to just pray for you and we can help you get connected into church if you want to. If you're doing this at home, we give you the opportunity get in contact with us. We'd love to minister to you and show you about the Bible and Jesus who died to set us all free. And so now if there is anyone in this room, would you just raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for? Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Great, let's pray. Jesus, you've seen the heart of your children who want to come into a new relationship with you, Lord. You tell us if we confess with our mouths that you are Lord, that we will be saved. And I thank you for these people who have raised their hands, not only here, but at home, the people who have responded from their heart's cry for you to come into their lives and give them a brand new start. I thank you, Lord, that today is the day that you have made. I thank you that they have made this choice and life will never be the same again. I pray this in the precious and dear name of Jesus. Amen.